Hi, this is Ananda, president of the Hare Krishna community near Washington, D.C. What follows is a Sunday talk recorded at our temple. Every Sunday we invite the public for meditation, a talk, and a vegetarian lunch. We'd love for you to join us. More information is available at iskonofdc.org. That's I-S-K-C-O-N of D-C dot org. Thanks, and I hope you enjoy the talk. Hare Krishna. So we have a math quiz to begin with. I hope you're all good at math. Otherwise, any of the people under 12 will be able to get this. So here's the uh, first, put clearly in your mind your present age. Okay, you got that? Okay, so like I'm 59, so I have that in my mind. Okay, now add two years to that number. So you got that? Tough math, I realize. Okay, okay. So now add two years to that number. And now subtract two, the number from number two from the number from number one. You should get a minus number, by the way. And we should all have the same number, right? Okay, so you got that negative number, that negative digit in your mind. So here's the key question. Where were you two years before you were born? Any answers? Okay, so that's what we're going to talk about today. <clears throat> Let's uh, first examine a little bit about what Krishna says about this in the Bhagavad Gita. Um, this is a very famous verse that as the embodied soul continuously passes, even in this body, from boyhood to youth to old age, uh, the soul then passes into another body at the time of death. And a sober person um, isn't bewildered by that change, right? So this is depicted in, in this famous picture here of our, of our lifespan in this body from birth until, until death. But uh, as Krishna says in that verse that we just quoted, tata dehantara praptir, that they prapti, they take on, we take on, not, they, not like some creatures out there, we take on, another body at the time of death. And so it's not that we, as, as the caption here, it's not that we have a soul, we are the soul. We temporarily have this body, but that's not our eternal designation. The body comes, the body goes, but Krishna is saying here uh, in the Gita, that we take on another body. Another example he gives in uh, just a few verses, like nine verses later, he says, it's just as we take off old garments or soiled garments and put on new ones, in the same way, the soul, us, we take on new material bodies, giving up those that are old or useless. Okay. Um, a little, I think I showed this cartoon before. I don't know if you can see it from back there, but yeah, well, I didn't believe in reincarnation when I was your age either. Right? <clears throat> so this idea of, of eternity is, is really quite a meditation. Uh, this verse gives us, a, this next verse, I'm not going to do too many verses, but in the beginning, some Gita verses are really pertinent. These are all from the second chapter 
uh, Bhagavad Gita is 18 chapters, and the second chapter is where Krishna focuses on the difference between the body and the soul. And this is another really important verse that uh, those who are seers of the truth, those who actually see things as they are, they've concluded after deep meditation, right, that for the non-existent, this material body is non-existent in the sense, obviously it's existent, right? I mean, you can, it's there, right? Um, but it's not, it doesn't have any endurance. So that's how they define um, existence, as something that endures. So those who are seers of the truth have concluded that of the non-existent, the material body, there's no endurance. And of the eternal, the soul, there is no change. So that's a person who actually sees, this is Krishna's definition of someone who's actually seeing things as they are. So we, the soul, uh, one more verse from the Gita, never was there a time, Krishna says, he's speaking to Arjuna on the battlefield, that's why we have the word kings here, because they're all people on the, in the battlefield of Kurukshetra, and, uh, which is where the Gita was spoken about 5,000 years ago. And this is a very important verse. Krishna is saying, never was there a time when I did not exist, nor you, nor all the people in this room. Nor in the future shall any of us cease to be. We are, we are the soul and we are eternal. Eternal is a long time, right? So although we've taken on so many different bodies, who we are is eternal. So just try to, it, it's, it's a hard concept on one level to fully grasp because we're so much identifying with the body and the body certainly isn't eternal. Um, so just to grasp that we continue after this body and we continue through so many different lifetimes before the present one we have. We got so many flat tires in different lives and we were so worked up about it. And now it doesn't cross our mind. So, and the soul not only is eternal, but it is, as it's said in that last verse, it's not changed and it, nothing can harm the soul. So who, that's who we really are. So we're much better than Superman. Like a super, a Superman has to worry about kryptonite. Right? But we don't have to worry about kryptonite. Right? And so there's this beautiful verse, in the, again, in the second chapter, where Krishna says that the soul can never be cut to pieces by any weapon. And the soul can never be burned by fire. And the soul, who we are, we can never be moistened by water. And nor can we be withered by the wind. This is, a, this is, this is an exact quote, the translation of our founder, Srila Prabhupada, to uh, a verse also in the second chapter of Bhagavad Gita. So that's who we are. Not that we should run out, you know, run in front of a train and hold our hands out and think that we can, you know, do the Superman thing. But the reality is that even if we did that, we, this body would no longer exist. That's not a recommended process, by the way. 
but our soul would continue because that's who we are. So this is Krishna's very clear teaching. As a matter of fact, this is his basic teaching in the Bhagavad Gita. He teaches it in the, from verse 11 to verse 30 in chapter 2, and he doesn't go back to it again because after that he just, it's like, it's uh, what is a priori knowledge? It's, it's knowledge that you just accept as the pratishta or as the basis upon which the rest of the Gita is spoken. But even this is such a concept to grasp that we are eternal. One more verse, I think this is the last verse I quote in this uh, presentation. By the way, I can, looking at the number of slides and the, the clock, we have a lot of time for questions so you can start getting them ready. Um, so here, our situation in this world is that the soul transmigrates into different species of life, not only humans, this is what Krishna says in the Gita. And he has accepted this position due to our faulty work. In other words, we are in this world um, basically for two reasons. There's a verse in the Bhagavad Gita, Icha Dvesha Samutena, Dvanva Mohena Bharata. That Icha means desire. So we've wanna, we kind of want to... We would like to be the controller and everything meant for our enjoyment, everything, you know, everyone looking out for number one. And that keeps us in this world instead of actually thinking of our relationship with God. And the other one is Dwesh and saying, well, you know, who made him God? Right? So that, that, that kind of like envy or, or hatred. So that keeps us, those, that consciousness of, of thinking, looking out for number one ourselves instead of the pleasure of the Supreme Lord and his devotees, that keeps us in this material world. And what happens is we go on this uh, Ferris wheel of sometimes in a higher species of life, sometimes a lower species of life, in so many different ways. We're kind of like these uh, hamsters on the hamster wheel, just uh, pawing away and going at it, going at it in this life, in the next life, in previous lives, like that. And stuck in, the, it's called samsara, the wheel of uh, repeated birth and death. And we have temporarily inhabited so many different species, according to the Bhagavad Gita. And sometimes our lifetime is very long. Uh, Lord Brahma lives for 311 trillion, 40 billion years. That's a long time, right? Uh, I was, because I was, I was calculating, what is it? Um, I hope I get this right, but I think the number of minutes that the average person lives is about 50 million. That's minutes. And so, 311 trillion. So don't waste any of your minutes, by the way. All right? So he lives for a super long time, and then the, uh, what is it called, the mayfly? Lives for less than a day. Right? Here, you know, emerge, eat, mate, die. That's today's agenda, right? Uh, that you know lives for a very, very short amount of time. Mm -hmm. But uh, an amazing statement in the eighth chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, where uh, our founder says that even Lord Brahma's life, he calls it a, like a lightning flash in eternity. Three hundred and eleven trillion years is like a lightning flash in eternity, right? 
And, you know, the idea that for him, he experiences 100 years like we experience our 100 years, like the mayfly experiences 100 years, and they're, you know, time is relative, right? Just like, just like right now, if you're finding this class to be really boring, <laughs> right, then every time you look at your watch, oh, God, it's only two minutes since the last time I looked at my watch, right? It can seem like, well, not an eternity, but it can seem like 11 trillion, 40 billion years or something like that if the class is really, really boring, right? You've all been students at universities or in high school and you've suffered through, you know, whatever chemistry or whatever it was that you really found disinteresting, right? And just like, oh my God, I can't believe he's still talking or she's still talking, right? So time is, time is relative, but imagine even this idea of, of trillions of years is nothing for eternity just to give us some idea of what eternity is like. Mm. And because we are eternal, we actually uh, yearn for it. And it comes out, I, it comes out especially, I find, well, in many different places, I, was, I, I looked into pop culture, right? Like, what does BFF mean? Best friends forever. Now, is it really forever? Right? like 200 years from now, still be your best, you know, right? But we have that idea, right? Or um, uh, this was from a poem, my love for you is a journey starting from forever and ending at never, right? And then I typed in um, uh, just lyrics till the end of time. And I didn't mean quote them all, but, the, you know, uh, Jordan Hill, I promise I will never say goodbye. It's you and me until the end of time. And for anyone here who would admit that they're old enough to remember who Perry Como is, um, this was a very famous song at the time. It shows you how time passes, because who's Perry Como? Um, someone under 25 wouldn't know. So take my heart in sweet surrender and tenderly say that I'm the one you love and live for till the end of time. And no one here has ever heard of Beyonce, right? Uh, one of her songs, I will love you until the end of time. So just this idea that we yearn for that. We actually want to have relationships and till the end of time because we are, it's some indication that somewhere in the back of our mind or, in our, or ultimately in our soul that we are eternal and therefore we yearn for that even though it's not a reality right now in this body. It is a reality for who we really are, the soul. Mm. But Krishna has this, uh, he, he, he sobers us up a bit in the 13th chapter, I believe, of the Gita, where he says, Janma, which means what? Birth, okay. Mritya, death. Uh, janma, Mritya, Jara, old, old, yeah, I, know, I put it backwards there, old age, and uh, Vyadhi which means disease, right? And he says, Janmam Ritu Jaravyati Dukkha Dosha Nudarshanam. It's, it's good to keep those in the forefront of your consciousness, that these are inevitabil inevitabilities, right? We, not, not much is inevitable in this world. Just ask anyone on the University of Virginia basketball team, right? <laughs> they were like, certainly gonna win, and they lost. Um, but these are inevitable. And more importantly, um, they're unnatural for the soul. So 
They're actually un they're unnatural because they're, they're they they impose because we but because we identify as this body instead of as a soul. Then we have such fear about these things, right? They're terrible things. So really, as, a, as, a, as a, when we think of it as being as us as a soul, we're really like the proverbial fish out of water. Right? The fish, if they're out of water, the only thing that will satisfy them, we've heard this analogy before, right, is to be put back in the water. You can give them a fancy car or, you know, a 10-course meal or whatever, but the only thing they want is to be put back in the water. So ultimately, the soul ultimately wants to be put in, back in the water, which means re... Uh, re Generate, bringing back our relationship with the Supreme Lord, with Krishna. And that, Krishna says in the Gita, uh, is what will really bring satisfaction and happiness. So, but now let's just look at the mess we're in for a minute or two. Um, what keeps us here? Well, uh, our envy of others and of God, that doesn't do very good for our consciousness. That keeps us in the wheel of samsara. Uh, that whole me focus. Everything centered around us. And this false conception of ourself. We have a real ego, which, is our, uh, which we'll talk about in a minute, that we have an eternal relationship with God, with the Supreme Lord Krishna. And we have then a hankara in Sanskrit, that means false ego. It's a false conception of who we are. Right? Because we... we how long... Oh, so let's say I'm, I was born in the USA. I'm from New York. Uh, how long is that designated? How long am I going to be a New Yorker for it? Will I be a New Yorker 200 years from now? Is it likely I was a New Yorker uh, in past life? I was probably born in um, uh, Ahmedabad because I like uh, Gujarati cooking <laughs> or, or whatever. But that we have this false idea of who we are, that that, and therefore, when you have a, what you what we all do is who we, our activities in life are all based on who we think we are, right? right? If we think we're kind of a good sattvic person we, and we really like Mozart and Beethoven, you know, and we think we're the classical music kind of, then we will be attracted to classical. If we think we're a heavy metal person, we'll listen to, you know, we, so many things in life that we do and that we're interested in are because of the conception of who we think we are. Um, then we have all kinds of attractions in this world and especially a lot of distractions, right? Because we may hear this talk, how we're the soul, we're not this body, and then we go home and we do all kinds of things kind of based on our body. I mean, I do it, I'm giving the class and then I go back and I say, didn't I give a class about something? So, you know, um, who is the poet? T.S. Eliot, um, he once said, dis he once wrote, distracted from distractions by distractions. He wrote that in the 1930s, and he was specifically, I mentioned this in a previous class, he was specifically thinking about newspapers. He was thinking there were such huge distractions from really the purpose of life. So imagine if T.S. Eliot had one of these, <laughs> what he would think, right? So, oops, we have, there's so many distractions in this world to keep us from actually thinking of these deeper philosophical points of life. Right? 
So here's the good news. Now we, we talked about all this bad stuff. The good news is Sanatan is one, one meaning of the word Sanatan is eternal. And Krishna is Sanatan, he's eternal. And as we've been saying, we are also Sanatan, eternal. And what does the word Dharma mean? Occupate our duty, yes, our occupational duty. It could also mean our, our religion, or, but it, it, ultimately it means our, our, our essence. And our Sanatan Dharma, our, our essence is to reestablish our eternal relationship, we're eternal, Krishna's eternal, with the eternal Krishna. That's Sanatan Dharma, okay? So, um, and I, I, uh, our true identity and activity is, and here's the, the Bengali actually, uh, Jivera Swarup Haya Krishnera Nityadas. We mentioned this. Uh, this is uh, from some slides I showed about a year ago, but I'm figuring not everyone remembers every single class from a year and a half ago. Um, but our Swarup, um, our constitutional position, is the eternal servant of God. So just as uh, chilies, their swarup is to be hot. If they're, if they're not hot, they're, you might chuck them out, right? They're not, or really, they're not chilies, right? They're, they're, their essence is to be hot, right? And we know sugar, the essence of sugar is to be sweet, right? You would never want, uh, we hope that when they made the kir today, the, the, uh, the uh, milk that's boiled down and then sweetened and rice is put in, that they didn't put salt instead of sugar. Right, Ugh, tastes terrible, right? Because we, we want that swroop of the sugar, which is that to add that sweetness to it. I should, probably should have shown some more healthy sugar than white sugar. My apologies. Um, so our swroop, who we really are, is uh, an eternal, and it is in an eternal, eternal, loving relationship. And isn't that what you know, uh, Perry Como and Beyonce really want, right? <laughs> right? They, you know, our eternal, loving relationship with the Lord, with Krishna. So I'm going to end by um, uh, um, reciting about six stanzas from a beautiful poem that's written by one of our great teachers in our line. His name is uh, Bhaktivinoda Thakur, um, and he wrote this uh, probably about 150 years ago. That'd be right. Uh, in in uh, English prose, and I'll, I guess I'll read it out loud. The flesh is not our own, alas. This is, by the way, a much longer poem, but I took took some key stanzas from it. The flesh is not our own, alas. The mortal frame a chain. The soul confined for former wrongs should try to rise again. Our life is but a rosy hue to go ere long for naught. The soul alone would last forever with good or evil fraught. So push thy onward march, O soul, against an evil deed that stands with soldiers' hate and lust. A hero be indeed. Maintain thy post in spirit world as firmly as you can. Let never matter push thee down, O stand heroic man. Oh, Saragrahi Vaishnava, that's a, a great uh, spiritual uh, guru or teacher. Oh, Saragrahi Vaishnava soul, thou art an angel fair. Lead, lead me on to Brindavan, the holy town in, Brinda, uh, in India, 
and spirit's power declare. There rests my soul from matter free upon my lover's arms. Eternal peace and spirit's love are all my chanting charms. Hare Krishna. So questions, comments from either eternal souls or temporary bodies, whichever you prefer. Do you uh, think Krishna was a god or a man, human being? Krishna was the, uh, the supreme personality of Godhead. He says um, in the Bhagavad Gita, he says, Aham uh, Pravat, what is it? Aham Pravasya Sarvasya. Aham uh, Sarvasya Pravavo. I need, I need my. He says that he's the source of all spiritual and material worlds. And the wise that know this perfectly engage in bhakti, engage in devotion to him. So he comes and he performs what's called Nara-lila, human-like activities. But he remains always the supreme personality of Godhead with a body that's made of sat, chit, and ananda. So our body is made of, uh, we'll ask a doctor, uh, Advaita Charipu, what is our body made of? You're a doctor. Blood. Blood, Blood urine. Oh, very good. We're doing well so far. <laughs> Any other good? <laughs> Pus. Okay, great. Now we're really getting good. Anyway, you get the idea. That's our bodies. But Krishna's bodies is sat, which it means eternal. Chit, which means full of knowledge and ananda, full of bliss. So that's the big difference between us and Krishna. But our soul, who we are, is part and parcel of Krishna. That means like, if you compare Krishna to an ocean, we're like a drop of water. So a drop of water has the qualities of the ocean, but not at all the quantities. I mean like, no comparison, right? So we, have, we are spiritual by nature, and our body is such it, our, our soul is such it, ananda. But our relationship with the ocean is one of servitorship. So usually servitorship is not a very uh, wonderful, if you say, what do you do for a living? I'm a servant. And especially in India, right? People go, oh, okay, you know. Um, but actually when we're servant of the Supreme, then it's said that almost the devotee almost enjoys on the same level of Krishna. And uh, it's said sometimes that the servant, almost, I, one example I had one time I was uh, on a, I may have told this story before, I was on a writing retreat and I was staying with some very wealthy people in, uh, in Delhi, in uh, Anandlok, which anyone knows Delhi, it's near, uh, it's near um, South X. So it's a, South Delhi is a wealthy part of Delhi. And so while the people, uh, the owners of the home, when they would go out to work during the day, I was still writing, but the, the servants were there in the homes. Many wealthy people in India have, have servants in their homes. Um, and so I, I was noticing that the, the, the uh, people went out to work and the servants were watching television and cooking for themselves and resting. And they, they, I, I don't know who had the good life. <laughs> You know, and then and then all of a sudden, when the owners came home, they were like this. You know, <laughs> what can I do for you? You know, so as servants of the supreme, 
we can enjoy almost on the same level as Krishna in the sense that because of that loving relationship with the Lord. Other, now the next question, we usually try to go between men and women. So the woman, has, are there any ladies who have a next question? Yes, right there. Hello, so I've grown up knowing of the soul being eternal. And the question is, why is the soul eternal? Why is the soul eternal? Um, that's, uh, <laughs> it reminds, I don't know, now I'm giving away my age. It reminds me of an old song by Billy Preston. Anyone know who Billy Preston is? Anyway, he wrote a song called, uh, That's the Way God Planned It. Right? Yeah. So, um, that's the way God planned it. He, he, um, he wants to be in a loving relationship with us. And we know that loving relationships, part of that, ideally, is, is that, it, that it's everlasting, right? And that's what you know, the, those singers, that, you know, Perry Como and company, were yearning for. Because it is, you know, um, it, this world is just not a place of ultimate happiness. Krishna tries to drill us into, in, he, he tries to set a contrast. A good writer um, or a good teacher presents contrast, right? Um, this is one thing or this is another. It's just like, I hope I'm not, I'm, I'm digressing now, so I hope I don't remember the, forget the original point, so help me with that. But there was an old uh, commercial for Amico when I was a kid. And they, Amico makes transmissions or fixes transmissions. And uh, they were saying, they, they, it was an advertisement to try to get you to come in and get your transmission checked. And so the idea was that they were saying that we, you can pay me now or you can pay me later. If you spend $60 now to check your transmission, we can fix it while it's still running. If you don't, $600, which was a lot of money in those days. Um, for, to get, so you can pay me now or you can pay me later. So um, Krishna says many times in the Gita, he says, anityam asukam loka. He says, what does nitya mean? Eternal. So anitya, not eternal. And sukha means happiness. And he says, anitim asukam. So he says, it's not, don't look. You know, there's another song. God, I'm thinking of all these songs. Uh, looking for love in all the wrong places. Anyone know that song? Uh, so we're looking for love in all the wrong places. We're trying to have our relationships in this world, they're, uh, they're not eternal although we seek them to be. And it's, it's, it's a shame because, you know, even if, let's say, you had the absolute perfect marriage, just perfect, you, you just complimented each other like, you know, uh, like ghee on rice. I don't know, but whatever it is, you know. <laughs> See, I told you I, I, I was a Gujarati in my last life. <laughs> um, and everything was just wonderful, but then ultimately one dies usually before the other. And it's, and it's a very sad thing. I saw that with my in-laws. Um, when my, when my mother-in-law passed away, my father-in-law passed away soon after that. He just, the separation was so difficult. But our relationship with the Supreme, with Krishna, it's eternal, it goes on. It's just what we yearn for. And we can have association with Krishna's devotees also eternally, which is nice. So that's the way God planned it. That's the best I can do. Uh, yeah, I, I couldn't plan it better. Sometimes I think, if I was God, I would do things a little differently. And then I realize, oh, better stop thinking like that, Brother Bihari. <laughs> uh, so next is a question from um, uh, uh, the male species, temporarily male species. Okay. 
Yeah, I'm going to keep the heat on with these questions about, he was saying God versus man, but <clears throat> really since eternity is almost static, it doesn't, eternity doesn't change. Originally there was no difference between God or man because you, you gave the, uh, there was no man. It was just spirits and God. But no. you gave the quote which <laughs> you, you you gave the quote which God spoke. He said, From the beginning we were always there. I was always there, you right. were always there. So really there was no man. So was the one difference just the difference of God's spirit and the other regular spirits was your understanding? That's how it started. Um, and that's kind of a it makes you think of a Mayavadi thing. It was all together. I am you and you are me and we are all yeah, together, yeah. yes. <laughs> um, that's another song. That's from the Beatles. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> My mind is like a 1960s and 70s jukebox, unfortunately. Um, no, what, so here we'll try to lay out the basic uh, philosophy. There, first I'll start with a verse. Parashya Shaktir Vividhaya Suyate that uh, from the Supreme Lord emanates different shaktis or different energies, okay? And generally, those energies are three, okay? Um, the spiritual energy, which uh, is uh, the main, let's just say the main part of the spiritual energy is called the ladini shakti, which is that the energy of, of love, of bhakti, of devotion, okay? Uh, and that's represented by Srimati Radharani, who is next to Krishna there in the center altar. Um, and that's a spiritual energy. Um, and then there's the material energy, right? You know, you know, earth, water, fire, air, ether, and then mind, intelligence, and ego. These things are part of the uh, material energy. Krishna says this in the seventh chapter of the Gita. And then after he says that verse, it goes, Bumir, Apo, Nalovayu, earth, water, fire, air. Then he says, uh, Itarias, what is it? Prakritim ve me. Oh, jeez. I can remember songs, but I can't remember Bhagavad Gita verses. Bina Prakritim Asada, thank you. So, no, that's that verse. The next verse. Apariyasitas Tvangyam Prakritim Vidimeparam Jiva Bhuta Mahabaho Yayayam Jayate Jagat. Thank you for reminding me. Um, he says, then there's another energy, a third energy, and it's called Tatasta Shakti. So this word tata is interesting. For those in India, it's not the trucks, the, the, the tata organ company. No, it's <laughs> right, right. Um, uh, but tatasta, tata or tatasta, tata is the uh, place on a river when you're not in the water and you're not on the land. It's it's right in the middle, right? The bank of a river, we might call it. Okay, and that's us, the the living entities. And we, can, we take shelter, usually, of one of those two energies, either the spiritual energy or the material energy, which are both very powerful, right? So that's eternally, those, those energies exist. There's not a time when Krishna said, oh, they, they exist eternally. And so it is up to us to choose which energy we want to be affected by. The material energy, and then go through birth, death, disease, and old age, and you know, your team losing and winning and getting promoted and losing your job and all those things, or having an eternal relationship of love with the Supreme Lord. Okay, next is uh, ladies. Any questions from the ladies? I see a hand. 
Hare Krishna. Thank you for this discourse, Prabhu. Um, if our dharma is to be an eternal servitude of Krishna, what is it that makes us choose as other masters in our lives? Other masters? Mm -hmm. Other uh -huh. things to serve. Um, good boy, all these good questions. Gosh, if I would have known they were going to be such hard questions, I would have kept on going to like two minutes before two. <laughs> you know. Um, one another part of our dharma or our swarup. Oops, remember swarup. Yeah, um, swarup is that we have uh, independence. We have minute independence. Because there's no love without freedom of choice. Right? You can't hold a gun to somebody's head and say, love me. I mean, you can do it, but it's not real love, right? Um, so Krishna gives the soul, gives us independence. It's not unlimited independence. We can't just say, oh, well, I, I want to be a billionaire. And then, you know, when we go home today, there's a chest full of money. But we have, um, we have desire, we have choice of what we desire. And we can desire selfishly. We can desire um, to just say, listen, you know, uh, God, Krishna, I got this. I don't need you in my life. You know, thanks, but no thanks, right? And then, you know, go our merry way. And people do that, and that's, that's up to them. That's our choice. And that's our, everyone in this room, that's our choice, including myself, that's our choice, right? And then what Krishna's showing in, in the Gita and in other teachings and also in other in other uh, spiritual um, practices in the Bible, et cetera, that we have another choice, and that is to re-establish our relationship with him through devotion, through bhakti, through love and devotion, and, and, as, and as a servant. So just like with the Amico commercial, you know, we can choose. We have choice. So choice is, a, is one of the important teachings in the Gita. It's one of the six principles that we teach, that we have this choice. So it's up to, to us. Krishna says that there is a right and a wrong choice, um, but it's up to us. You know, the, the last instruction of the Gita, it's a pretty amazing. Krishna goes through these 695 verses, and then he says, I've told you all this great information, now do as you wish to do. So he's not uh, the uh, god of force. He's the god of love. Is that all right? Thank you. So um, I'm looking. I saw Palakup who had his hand up. He asked really hard questions. Are there any other men who? <laughs> oh, go ahead. Oh, but we need a microphone for Palakup. Actually, it is a hard question, but you'd mentioned how being on the bank of the river and you have the choice to go in or out. So if we're eternal and we're all, our relationship with Krishna is always eternal, there's some people who profess the fall, no fall theory that we actually oh, well, weren't. Oh, let's not go there. That's like, that's a three hour explanation. Right. <laughs> but the idea is that we, uh, we are um, reestablished. It's a very important point. I'll, I'll thank you for bringing it up. Um, this is a very phil important philosophical point that uh, I'll, I'll recite the Bengali. Nitya Siddha Krishna Preme Sadhu Kabunoi Shravanadi Sudichite Koriye Udoi. And I'll explain the, the, uh, the words. So, Nitya Siddha Krishna Prema. In our hearts, because we're souls, our swarup, 
Our love for God is there in our heart. Nitya Siddha Krishna Prema. Prema means love. And so that's there. Nitya Siddha Krishna. Sadhu Kabunoi. It doesn't have to come from any outside source. Our relationship with God is there eternally. But Shravanadi Sudachite Kore Udoi. Udoi in Bengali. Any Bengalis here? What does Udoi mean? Awakened. You're a Bengali? No, but he knows Bengali. Very good. <laughs> Awakened. Right? So it's Udoi by Shravanadi Jal, by, by watering our, the, you know, the figurative uh, plant in our heart, the creeper in our heart, right? With hearing about God and singing about God, chanting his name, etc. So, it's, very, so it's, it's a very important thing. When, we're going to, when anyone is going to tell someone about the Supreme Lord, whether it's Bhagavad Gita or other traditions, they're not putting in something that's foreign. It's there, but needs to be awoken. So that's very different than the concept that, oh, well, you know, everything's, you know, religion is just foreign to someone, and then we're just giving it to them. It's actually there. It just needs to be awoken. It's eternally there. It's eternally there, yeah. But it's covered by our, um, the other, the distractions. It's covered by our iPhones, primarily. <laughs> so, ladies' turn. Yes. Uh, so, this is a question which I have asked a number of times, and today's discourse again brought it to my mind. Okay. And given a very good uh, description of who is Krishna and his Sarupa and what is our Sarupa and but the question remains in my mind why was that soul which is Krishna's Sarupa uh, went out of that main God Sarupa and we were created for what purpose why were we created? Ah, uh, oh my God. Not, not, not like easy questions, you know, <laughs> you know, light, light discussions on a Sunday afternoon. Uh, it, it, there's a shloka, it goes, raso vai saha. And that is that God, uh, Krishna, enjoys rasa. And rasa means relationship. And relationship means two. There's one of our great teachers, uh, Ramanujacharya. Madhvacharya, I knew I was going to get it wrong. I was telling you, is it Madhvacharya? I, I got it wrong. Madhvacharya. So he's seen like this, and he's not saying, hey, peace, brother. <laughs> this was uh, way before the 1960s. Um, when did he, when was he around? 1600s? 16, yes. And the reason he's holding his fingers like that is because he's saying there's two, God and us. And so um, we know that really what we're looking for in enjoyment is not even that new, you know, um, Tesla car or whatever, but really it's in relationships. Even the car, really the enjoyment is showing it off to others, isn't it? I mean, let's be honest, right? Uh, but real enjoyment is in relationship with another. And so it says in, it says in the Shastra, in the scriptures, that ultimately we are, you know, we're created to have that loving relationship with God. And if you could say, you know, on one hand, if you could say that Krishna or God doesn't have everything, you could say that he, ha he doesn't have everyone's love. Right? At least I know he doesn't have mine. I'm working on it. It's a work in progress. So that's why 
ultimately were cre created for rasa, for relationship. This is going to be an easy one, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, very easy. So if, if we have always existed, if, if Krishna has always existed and we've always ex existed and we never change, you were just talking about us being created, that, 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 that Krishna took some action to create us for some reason. But if we've always existed along with Krishna, then how can we have been created? Next question. <laughs> um. It is uh, it's it's a shakti is the uh, word that's used in the Gita, and achintya means inconceivable. So if I could make it conceivable by the, explaining it to you right now, then I would call then Christian would be a liar because he says it's inconceivable. But we'll still take a, a little crack at it. Um, this word anadi. In, in Sanskrit is it, it, it's translated in different ways um, but uh, way, the way that our founder Srila Prabhupada translated was from time immemorial so meaning from a time that you can't even remember right <clears throat> so yes there's there's also a verse that says in the beginning there was only Krishna there was only Narayan anyone remember that verse the exact uh, verse um, so it's, yes, you could say in a point in time, anadi sometimes also translated as having a beginning but having no end. Okay, so if that helps us understand this, that's great. But if, but if we also take it from time immemorial, it is so far back that you can like, um, as they say in Brooklyn, forget about it, right? <clears throat> But yes, we all we all uh, we quoted earlier the verse "Aham Savasya Prabhu." Yeah, I got it right this time. "Aham Savasya Prabhu," that Krishna says, "I'm the source of all material and spiritual things." So ultimately, He's that source. But why does He create us to develop to have a loving exchange? Advaita Charbu, you want to add to that? Srila Prabhupada mentioned about in many lectures. I think that this kind of questions come, and He says, "Well." You cannot understand because it's anadi and time immemorial. So he always gives example that if you fell down into the ditch and you try to figure it out, how did it happen? Forget about that. Try to get out from that. Yeah, that was uh, that was so his practical. Otherwise, you can keep on uh, <laughs> thinking about that. You never find the answer. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so that that's the main thing is we're in this. We're definitely in this uh, situation of birth, death, disease, and old age. So. Uh, you know, what did George Harrison say? Hope to get out of this place by the Lord Sri Krishna's grace. My salvation from the material world. Now that's a bona fide song to quote <laughs> in the temple. <laughs> so ladies, we still have like two, one more question. Uh, question. Uh, boss? Temple president? Yeah? Any man or woman? Yes. Now here's someone who knows all this philosophy. Go ahead, Prabhu. So Prabhupada was asked, could Krishna ever make a hill that he could not lift? Yes. And Prabhupada said, yes, he will make a, a hill that he cannot lift, and then he will lift it. Right. So that's the uh, inconceivable need. Another time he said, uh, he said, then Balaram will lift it. So, so thank you very much. Hare Krishna.